once I heard there were these like young lads counting and they were like, yeah, eight, yeah, nine, <laughs> nine, yeah. And it turns out they were counting the nipples that they could see. They were like, Why nine? Why? That's, that's not an even number. It's like, I don't know how the fuck we're ever going to do a live show. I'm glad you know me so well, Jess. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's I... like, how will we ever make you leave your room? I will do the live show. I'll come up <laughs> in my full-on, like, fucking Jessica oh. costume, and you'll just be on FaceTime. <laughs> we're going to do a live show, and I'm just going to be wearing one of my, like, hipster plaid shirts and some, like, gungy jeans, and you're just going to swan in. <laughs> I'm going to release doves as I enter and have, like, a bunch of people carry me on in a palanquin. <laughs> And then going to be like real buff men and one also really buff woman. And they're going to call me. And then like sprinkle glitter everywhere. And then I shall <laughs> descend and sit and, and then begin. And then you'll realize that the Filippo wearing the plaid t-shirt and the jeans is actually a cardboard cat out of me. Yes. Because I didn't leave the house. With a microphone on. Which is yeah. like, I, that's all I really wanted. It's that means fine. I can practice my break dancing on the stage. <laughs> and you won't have to judge me. And I'm like, no, I can do it. Look, what? I can do it, everyone. Shut up. Don't look at me with those judgmental cardboard tits, Philippa. <laughs> Cover up. I don't actually know what your eyes look like. All I see is Just tits. look down there. Like, her cleavage is, is, is looking arrogantly <laughs> at me at the moment. Smugly. <laughs> oh, one more thing before I begin. Mm -hmm. I found out that another word for a jester is a joculator. Ooh. And let me tell you the female name. Mm -hmm. A joculatrix. Oh yeah, I like that very it's much. Really good, Joculatrix. Philippa, I need you to throw me down some some beat. Give me a beat. Oh my god! This is everything. Oh my god! This is a podcast. Yes, keeps going. I'm gonna rap. I'm Jessica Byrne, and I'm here to say that I'm rapping everything in an awkward way. That. Wounded my soul. I hope you know that. No, I'm... it's your turn now. I'm doing. Let's go, rap. I'm Philippa Evans, and I'm crying inside. Jess dropped a beat, and I almost died. I feel I've just traded in one of my sacred values for Which your is gimmick. Never to do a terrible uh, Will Smith style '90s rap that was on the contract that we signed, and you violated it. <laughs> That hurt me. You hurt me. I want to do like more increasingly awkward ways to introduce ourselves because it gets boring every day just going, hi, this is the podcast Everything's Awful Forever, which is about history and old stuff. And I'm Jessica Byrne and you're Philippa Evans. And who cares? Unless I mean, we rap about it. <laughs> it only means something if you rap about it. I think that increasingly awkward introductions are the way to go. Let's see how uncomfortable we can make our listeners. Yes. So that they dread... <laughs> it's in play <laughs> to put them off from listening to it because it's it's gonna the cringe factor is just gonna be too much. <laughs> They'll too just be much. sitting there going, "Oh, I feel so embarrassed." <laughs> <laughs> your expression made it so so worth it. Like the horror in your eyes, and you just going, "Please, please kill me!" Uh, <clears throat> I felt so embarrassed for us, and I am one of us. Yeah. <laughs> So, with all that out of the way, are you ready for some stuff? 
After that rap, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I always ask you, like, are you ready? And then I'm going to tell you things. I just need you to be ready. When it's my turn, you're like, tell me things, tell me things. I was ready I, I just... five hours ago. Okay, my, everyone says that I live life at double speed and it's true. Everything's fast and rush and I gotta go, 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 quick, quick, quick. I walk really quickly. I brush my teeth like this. It's like, I pretty much vibrate. It's like, go faster, faster. Once I was like pushing past someone to get through a door, my friend, for no fucking reason. I was just like, get out of my fucking way. Go, go, go. And it was just, there was nothing. There was no urgency. The urgency was just my my own brain so uh... so tell me thanks said philip of the sloth <laughs> as you well know i love bastards i don't mean like you know the political sense i mean like dickhead character folk the the worse they are the more i like them <laughs> Yeah, my favourite fictional character trait is when they're just a sort of terrible, terrible person, but in a funny way. You all love, like, the Walter White, the people that are <laughs> horrible and they're awful. I think it's because you're dating somebody who looks so sweet and nice <laughs> that you're just trying to make up for that. His, his nickname is Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> his drunk alter ego, like, I think we've talked about this before, but we've got drunk alter egos, and mine is Huxley, because he's like a... <laughs> it just kind of gets more of this, I suppose. It just gets <laughs> more exacerbated. Jess. Yeah, so. Jess, one hundred and ten percent. Things for me, and but he gets just like as fun and sweet and happier. And so his nickname is Mister Peanut Butter because he's sweet and nice and good. My most beloved character that I own is a capricious, narcissistic, self-aggrandizing, self-centered, spoiled brat bastard man. Because they're my fave. They're just the best. <laughs> we love us some good villains. An insidious villain that uses his brains, not his brawn, to get what he wants. And I find that this comes up mostly in American fiction. It's part of the American dream. If part of the American dream is a self-made man, lurking behind him is his shadow, is the <laughs> anti-hero, mm -hmm. the more badass version. The flimflam man. Ooh. Mm. Naught but his wit and charisma can get him to where he wants to be. He takes advantage of the gullible, naive, and often the incurably female. Jay Gatsby charms his way onto the scene, old sport, using his panache, his wit, and all that works out really terribly well for him, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it was just so damn easy to do back then as well. That just wasn't the things in place that we have now to stop people from being fucking fraudsters. I'm just looking at you with my eyes narrowed, going, who are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about some interesting folk, is who I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about. Who, do you, who are you thinking right now? I don't know, I've kind of like got Rasputin in mind, <laughs> or, but fraudsters, mm -hmm. I don't know. Rasputin would be a really good one. We're going to have to do Rasputin I was sometime. thinking about Rasputin. Cause I also... mean, the man who couldn't die. <laughs> ra, ra, Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. <laughs> He's fucking amazing. Is it an American that you're going to talk about? Possibly. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Yeah, it was just so damn easy to do back then, to a point where it's almost impossible to do on such a scale now. You know, like tricking millions of people with lies to get what you want and then become prime minister. So here we go, delving into the world of the confidence man, the trickster, mm. the shyster, the flimflam man, the huckster, the charlatan, <laughs> the con artist. And I'm going to start with... A man from 1820, which is the year of King George IV's ascension, mm -hmm. and he has the most excellent name on the planet, which is Gregor McGregor. <laughs> Gregor, Gregor McGregor. Gregor McGregor. Were his parents 
drunk? <laughs> Can you guess where he's from? With the name Gregor McGregor. Oh god, it's gonna be like Gregerton or something. <laughs> <laughs> Gregor Shire. Uh god. I guess Gregor McGregor, which is the most this country's name in the entire world. Scottish. It's no, actually, no. He came to London from the Americas, and he oh. was His Serene Highness Gregor the First, Sovereign Prince of the State of Poyais and its dependencies, and he was Kazik of the Poya Nation. I believed every word of that. That's right. He's also Stormborn Breaker of Trains, Mother of Dragons, <laughs> Smitty Werben Yebman Jensen Esquire. <laughs> the first. The first, yes. He was first of his name. So... In London, the prince talked up his island paradise. So he arrived in London, 1820, talking about his own island, his nation. He w couldn't say more about how the lands were fertile, had this really rare fruit that was amazingly delicious. It was basically ambrosia. What are you going to say? You oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're just like, tell me more about this. Tell me more about the ambrosia. And how like everything was basically literally made of gold. So it was just like gold in... In the hills and that's why everyone's so rich from there but they need more people to come some savvy intelligent londoners to come to his amazing kingdom basically he just talked the shit out of this place to everyone that he could find but once londoners heard the word sun they were like yeah i'm in yeah yeah sign me up i want to go there <laughs> did, did yeah. you did you say so no sun okay great sun. let's go let's go so this place is really sunny and it's also yes i'm coming it's also full of scorpions and the land made of snakes okay well, i don't i'm not listening and your head sun. i love that he's talking to these filthy londoners bathing in you know factory runoff drinking yeah. cyanide and he's like sun yep yeah oh god please please help me <laughs> We haven't seen the sun in years. <laughs> so he made it out to be like this amazing, beautiful paradise place. But also it wasn't like a tropical island. There was a full on city and country there. There was town and buildings and cathedrals and everything was made of like glittering golden topped domes and spires. And it was just wonderful. I want to go there. Yeah, sounds great. You want to go to Poyais? Mm. Yeah, I do too. There was still a lot of empty spaces on the map, so such a place could exist somewhere <laughs> tucked away. Also, it sounded so exotic somewhere in the Americas. I mean, where even is that? <laughs> I don't even understand where that is. So people really, really were really eager to go. So did he just point at like a weird spot on a map and be like oh there it's here but that's where the dragon is yes <laughs> we killed it. it we yes it did it got it, he, we we civilized it <laughs> we gave it a shirt and a hat and he liked <laughs> it very well it. So his name is john now <laughs> his name is john johnson <laughs> gregor mcgregor john johnson people retweeted the fuck out of this in an 1820s way by which i mean they told everybody and there were like newspapers and pamphlets and engravings <laughs> of this place it just like absolutely swept london by storm of this amazing country and this royal prince that had come to like get subject and intelligent londoners <laughs> to go to the americas so soon he had people tripping over themselves to invest and buy land <sighs> yes plan expeditions to poyais and also he got like loans to like make things on his island it's like you know we don't have a good railway system so if you could like you know invest and then we could start making a good railway system 
So what you're saying is that he was the very first Nigerian prince? I think he was, yes, <laughs> yes. So the prince of this nation wouldn't lie, of course. No. Who, in their right mind, would make such a ridiculous lie that could be so easily found out by going to this place, seeing that it doesn't exist? No one that would lie about that. That would be crazy. would be insane. You'd have to be some kind of trickster to do that. He's a prince. So such was this lie that he had even created a guidebook for his nation. Oh. And it was also like this leather-bound, really well-made, beautiful thing that was like, well, if someone made this much effort to make this book, surely it's true because it's 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 on paper now which means it's true in my mind i was imagining a few pieces of paper stapled together and like the heading in crayon <laughs> totally real island please pay me to go there brackets not a trick <laughs> yeah it was this actually like really expensive well-made thing which mm. gave him more authority I am a sucker for branding. Yep, exactly. I would sign up in a second. Mm. The word sun? Oh no, you came from a sunny place. <laughs> no, I fled Ugh. the sun. I'd be like, yeah. do you have cloudy days? Okay. <laughs> uh, so soon as a sheep, a sheep, a sheep set sail, followed soon <laughs> after by a ship from Leith in Edinburgh. Yeah, from the show. We're, we're like practically here. That's right. It's only a few like miles away. So like a, a Leith ship with 50 people on board headed for Poyais, their new land. They'd exchanged their Scottish money for the money of the Bank of Poyais. Oh. Yeah. And when they arrived, they arrived at a place that was affectionately known as the Mosquito Coast <laughs> in... It's just off uh, Nicaragua, actually. So the island itself does exist, but... Uh, it sounds like a great place. The Mosquito Coast. And everyone had donned their best attire, their best dresses and bonnets and suits because they were, you know, ready to be welcomed by the, oh. the people who was, like, going to let them go through the glittering gates to, to the their golden palaces. palaces, yes. I feel so bad for these I idiots. <laughs> so... As they arrived on the Mosquito Coast, actually, before that, let me tell you a little bit about the prince, Gregor McGregor. <laughs> if that was even his <laughs> real name. I really hope it is, because that's... Imagine, like, your surname's McGregor and you've got a baby, and you're just like, what's his name? I don't fucking care. I don't want this baby. Gregor. Gregor, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very poor memory. I think his father was actually called Gregor as well. <laughs> so they were like, Gregor McGregor, what's your son called? Gregor McGregor. Really? Gregor McGregor. Junior. Junior. Gregor. Yeah, before this, Gregor McGregor was a brazen 25-year-old adventurer who left his original home of Scotland. <laughs> so yes, you were right, he was from Scotland all along. And he left for Venezuela in 1811. He was a Scotsman of good breeding, as his grandfather was a famous clansman named in Gaelic Gregor the Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Even better! Gregor the Beautiful. Gregor of the flowing locks but and bright eyes. Also, Gaelic is sort of horrible, so I imagine it was just... <laughs> I said spitting on myself. <laughs> yes, that's me. 
<laughs> sorry Gaelic you know we suck at pronunciation yes sorry anyway and he uh, Greg of the Beautiful became one of the early officers of the Black Watch and eventually again Game of Thrones is a history book Fucking. that also sounds pretty cool the Black the Watch the Black Watch yeah and he eventually settled down in retirement as the Laird of Inverdeen in Breadalbane and McGregor took this honourable past with him and his soldierly mean to become a fucking scallywag. <laughs> he was actually a celebrated, he actually had a celebrated career as a soldier in uh, South America. When he was rising through the ranks fighting the Spaniards in South America as we were all, you know, trying to conquer everything. Fucking Spain got there first. He fought off some of the Spaniards in South America until they suffered a terrible defeat on the Caribbean coasts and the Brits bravely like were like <laughs> this is our land that we've decided we're taking you fuck off but he was a feisty Highlander who wanted more adventures and heroics and none of this peace shit so what he did he took his frigs and his schooners and he, he slid about flushing out any of the remaining sma- small Spanish colonies around there so everyone's like the war's kind of over and they're fine they're just like a small farming community and he's like I shall be a Hero! Side quests! Kill all the ten farmers. Side quests, side quests, side quests. And defeating them and then fucking off again quickly before any reinforcements could arrive. So he'd basically just go around, kill everyone and be like, I'm a hero, bye! And then <laughs> flit off again. McGregor the Beautiful! <laughs> Out! It was in this flitting about that in the spring of 1820, he landed upon mainland Nicaragua in a region known as the Mosquito Coast, as I said. And there was once a British colony. colony. <laughs> I told you, I can't do it. A British a, colony. A British colony where this colony as well had a quite a complicated past of people coming and fighting for it and then us deciding that we owned India but then a bit of India being there and then we it was it was a complicated and boring so I didn't put it <laughs> but basically it meant like it kind of died off because it didn't have the support of the government anymore mm. and so it was just kind of like a ruin basically and it, then it became a popular stop off stop off for buccaneers and pirates so it was even like more worse than so burnt down and shitty and I wouldn't go to anything called the Mosquito Coast. No, doesn't just, sound good, does it? It it feels like it might be inhabited by a particular species. Yes, yes. And the songs of their people would drive me to madness. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, do you want to come with me to the Mosquito Coast? What was that? Nothing. Just, that's not anything. Shush. That's, <laughs> that's just your tinnitus. It's fine. Shush. <laughs> it's in your own head. <laughs> And so here he found this island, which no one had claimed to, sort of. (laughs) I mean, not Nicaragua, certainly. And he saw a great business opportunity. Take this island, call himself the ruler of it, travel back to London, profit. Oh, can we do that? (laughs) Well, let's see how it goes (laughs) with this guy first. So back to the island in the present day, which is 1820. There was nothing there. Not even, like... Because it, it was a colony, but there wasn't really anything there at all anymore. No buildings or anything. It was just a beach. To make matters worse, another ship was arriving with 150 people. So that would mean that 200 circus had arrived, <laughs> bought land from this prince. And also at the time, a hurricane had swept their ships away. So they landed here, was like, what? Did we? Maybe it was the wrong place. Maybe we just got the heading wrong. And kind of just like wander around this island to try and find this incredible city and then a hurricane swept the coast and swept their ships away which meant that they were just absolutely stranded on this 
basically like desert island kind of thing. I appreciate that this podcast is called Everything's Awful Forever, but I'm just waiting for you to tell me, and they proved him wrong and built the beautiful kingdom <laughs> of Nicaragua, which we still visit today. One Nicaragua of the eggs wonders of the world. This is Poyes. Poyes. There's nothing Poyes. You're like, And this fictional South America. <laughs> which, I mean, that's, that's called nothing. Mexico. Yes, you dummy. <laughs> oh. Chili is a food. <laughs> Brazil is a nut. And there's no one. I don't actually, th- I can't think of any of the countries <laughs> that are like foods. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you to go, and that's where we get Nicaraguans from. <laughs> <laughs> News of their predicament eventually reached the British colony of Honduras so good job we were there anyway it was about 500 miles north and uh, General Edward Codd and the governor at once dispatched a schooner to go and rescue them. Better than Roanoke yes. they're like uh, it's been 12 years if only we had more colonies everywhere <laughs> that's how we solve the world we just put colonies everywhere. I think that our biggest mistake as a British nation of which I am not a part <laughs> just was... ours <laughs> Was that we stopped doing the colonies. Connollys. It's pronounced Connollys. I think so too. I think we should continue to do so. Well, we have Boris Johnson as our prime minister now. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I feel renewed sympathy with Americans under Trump. I don't know. I was going to say, like, at least he's not as... Then I was like, oh, I couldn't think of a way to finish that sentence. Donald Trump's greatest virtue is how ineffective he is. Yeah. He's too terrible to make his own plans come true. Whereas Boris Johnson... Boris Johnson's got this, like, insidious kind of, like, he's acting like a bumbling buffoon. But really, have you seen that last week tonight where... And he's like, he's like, would you like some tea? And he just like completely distracts these idiots from like asking him questions. He's like, I just came out here to get you some tea. I'm so British. (laughs) What was that? I can't answer the questions. Just drink this tea that I came to bring to you. And it's like, he's an evil genius, I think. And then you read some of his racist and homophobic remarks and... Anyway. Anyway, moving on to the fun con. (laughs) So they went to rescue the people of them and who were there. By the time they arrived in Honduras, though, several were already dead. So people actually died from this oh now. My God. Yeah. Survivors are rescued in relays and brought to the colony. Two thirds of them actually died. So there were 200 oh, people and two thirds. Yeah, it got sad. It got everything's awful forever. I, I was waiting for the great kingdom to be built. And when are they going to sing their song? When are they going <laughs> to rap about it? Now this is a story all about how oh, my life got flipped and upside down. Let's take a minute and just sit right there. I tell you how I became a prince of a island that doesn't exist and then duped everyone into giving me loads of money. And everyone died. (laughs) More ships were actually on their way. So this was like the first wave. They knew that several others were coming to land on this island. So news was sent to try and intercept these and warn the ships and also to send aid to these poor people. Wave after wave started to arrive on this island. By then it was okay. They had like, they knew that this was happening so they had a relief set up so no more people died, (laughs) thankfully. And where was Prince McGregor of Puyo who is the Kazik, which is a title that isn't anything. He just made it up as well. Prince and the Kazik. Khaleesi, I think you mean. Khaleesi, yes, you're right. Khaleesi. He had fled to the version of our fleeing to Mexico. 
France. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Where he duped the French just as oh. easily. So soon French ships were also arriving. <laughs> so not only were we on the Mosquito Coast, but now I have to deal with the fucking French. French. God damn it. Uh, he was still swindling greedy idiots in London from France. Because by this time news had happened and they'd already kind of found out that this island didn't exist. And it was a big lie. But they were like, I don't know, he's just so confident about it though. <laughs> so he, like, he came up to this um, uh, a financial house, Thomas and Jenkins. And he needed a loan for £300,000. And they were like, but your island's fake and doesn't exist. He's like, have you considered, though, that it does? And shut up. And they were like, <laughs> oh, he's just so fucking confident. So they, they gave him the money. Even he's though just, they just... He's such a fancy man. He's just, he's just so confident. He's confidence. He's a confidence man. He's a con man. What's the saying? God give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. (laughs) I feel it so hard right now. (laughs) Absolutely. They gave him this money because he was like, oh yeah, okay. So it's not a huge glittering paradise. But what we need is £300,000 for the imaginary gold mines of Pau Lauza. (laughs) The imaginary gold mines of... They're like, what was that? You heard me. Write that down, please. (laughs) So even when he was caught, after the survivors made it back as well, they just couldn't believe that someone would have made up something so insane as a fake kingdom. So it was actually kind of hard to arrest him because people were kind of, like the newspapers as well, were kind of on his side. They victim blamed those people (laughs) so fucking hard that they were like, yeah, but maybe it's your fault for dying on a fake island that doesn't exist. Maybe we should arrest the island. Maybe we should arrest you. (laughs) So there's no moral to the story. He got away with it. He was just rich and fine. And it's kind of like, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop lying about being a prince and being fine. I've got a million pounds now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one guy. I'm just, I'm kind of low-key angry that everyone believed him. Yeah. I pitch up to the doctors and go, look, I'm dying. (laughs) And they're like, no, you're not. Yeah. I need to show up in a fancy suit. You need a suit. You need to swan in. You are the Mm. prince. You need to give them a guidebook of your illnesses. Pictures. Yes. Documents. He actually even made a constitution for his kingdom. (laughs) So it was like, why would anybody go through this much effort to it? And he was like, exactly. That's actually point number eight in my constitution. (laughs) Why would anybody lie about this? Believe me. An honest nation. This is like the world's first fan fiction or something. Yeah. It sounds great, though. I think I'm going to go. I've actually booked a flight to it. It's going to be fun. You've paid a lot of money already. <laughs> yeah. See if it's real. So I've got to go. It's fine. <laughs> um, next on my little list of flimflam men is Victor Lustig. So uh, a lot of this came from an article from VintageNews.com by Magda. Oh, dear. Oreganska. Doesn't Lustig mean funny? Does in it? German. I don't remember. He's a funny man. Mm. He actually had a lot of nicknames as well, so maybe this wasn't even his real name. But anyway, do you ever look at a thing and just think, I could sell that and make loads of money, even if it doesn't belong to you or isn't really anything that you could sell? Bun bun. No one's going to pay money for that. To, I need to get my money no. back. Okay. No one's going to do that, though. <laughs> she's got one eye and she's really fat and she's mean and I hate her. <laughs> But you would pay for her if I tell you confidently. Yes, you just need that air of a 
of a white man. Have you considered that she's a hopping gold mine? Fuck, is she though? You can pay, you can pay me back. Okay, oh, I will. I'm gonna. It's fine. <laughs> so he did that too. He got his own bun bun to try and sell. <laughs> He looked at the Eiffel Tower and was like, Oh, I'ma sell it. <laughs> I'ma do it. And here's how. In his early childhood 1900s, he began his criminal career as a panhandler and then a pickpocketist and then a, a pickpocketist, burglarist and a street hustlerist, deft in light fingered larceny. But soon this wasn't really enough for him. He wanted to do more crazy shit get more money. He was actually very adept at gambling because like most people who are good at gambling it's not so much the game but it's just that you can read people and that's how mm. he learned and like honed his skills of being confident and suave. He also did card tricks which is like the condominious thing in the world. Like you know, he's doing that thing where it's amazing you like kind of like go and it goes between each hand. I don't know. It, that's really I was doing I was gesticulating but this is an audio medium so that meant nothing to anyone <laughs> so you couldn't see Jess flipping hundreds of cards from hand to hand it was amazing I'll take a video of it maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 it didn't exist maybe it didn't fucking happen although I always wanted to learn that because I would just want to like lurk on a corner and be like <laughs> do you want to buy some stuff <laughs> do you want the Eiffel Tower yeah he earned the nickname of the Count because he was so eloquent and well dressed, dapper and gentlemanly. Basically, a supervillain. He was like a fucking supervillain. He had like a long uh, five-inch scar on his face, <laughs> and uh, so like he would often wear disguises and have a lot of aliases and things like that. And the police, the police, when they finally caught him, they called him the Scarred. Ooh, fucking Scar. <laughs> By the time the 20s happened, Lustig went to America to swindle all the shakes and shebas of Flapperland. Using his charms, he dedicated himself to making small talk with wealthy businessmen to try and get himself a reputation. He was the Count. He was interesting. Mm. He was from some kind of crazy weird place called Europe and he had a weird name. And, Please oh tell me he's got like a long curled moustache. Oh, I, he does. He does in my <laughs> mind with his scar, his like handsome mm, attire. His rakish hair. <laughs> I want him to be a little bit like Dr. Facilier, actually, because he's amazing. <laughs> he sold these wealthy businessmen his so-called money boxes that, according to Victor, could print and copy $100 bills using radium. <laughs> radium, the gullible men would say. Why, that sure sounds like science, because they're Americans. And so he sold them the magic science box of money for lots and lots and lots of money. So yeah, the science box of money. He priced these money boxes from $20,000 to $30,000. So he's going around selling these boxes full of... I assume it's just like full of packaging paper when it arrives. It's just nothing. Um, he actually had like a kind of complicated mechanism made to dupe people. So he filled the machines with a few hundred dollar bill replicas, which slowly emerged from the box as they were being printed. So he like did a demonstration. Look, it prints the money and it's quite good. Infinite money Infinite box. money. However, once one bill was printed, after that, like, the bill was printed at six hours at a time. And so by that time, when they were printing it again, he was long fucking gone. And it's like, this thing <laughs> took six hours. Oh, he's gone. Oh, there's a man-shaped hole in the wall. Uh, counterfeiting became a little bit too boring for him. I needed something bigger and better. Selling the Eiffel Tower. 
selling it. Makes sense. I think it does. Can we just sell the pyramids? Yes. If anybody wants to buy the pyramids, mm -hmm. let us know in the comments below. Patreon. The pyramid tier. It's not a pyramid <laughs> scheme. You're a pyramid scheme. <laughs> We're selling the pyramids and it's a scheme, yes. But, hear me out. Shut up. Give us some money. Patreon. You're too good at this, Jess. <laughs> It's seamless, isn't it? It's just so seamless. No one even noticed. I just slide them in. It's subliminal. It's subliminal. They're like, I just want to join our Patreon tier where we can get like amazing minisodes of us reading Victoria and Erotica and it's hilarious. And pyramids. And pyramids too. Actual pyramids. Fucking hell. Let's go. Let's do it. That could be the secret of the Mildred tier. Yes. <laughs> You need to actually go and it's carved on the pyramids of who Mildred actually is. <sighs> Shit. I've been inside the pyramid. It's, oh. It's not very good. <laughs> it's very dark. It's dark and it was old and I didn't like it. <laughs> well, we can't sell those then. Not the old ones. I want newer, better, modernized pyramids. Make it happen. Make it happen. Aircon and Wi-Fi. <laughs> Uh, back to Lustig. Um, first, he got himself a fake ID. Next, he had false papers printed. Basically, like, fake ID back in those days was just kind of a piece of paper that was like, I am this person. Scrolled in crayon. Yes. I'm seeing a trend. And it's also, there's a coffee mug stain <laughs> on it. And it is a napkin, but it's official. That was how they did it back in those days. He had false papers printed with the emblem of the government and department in charge of public buildings. So he'd like... Fake ID, charge of public buildings. Next, he invited the top five iron salvage companies in Paris to the Crillion Hotel, which is a popular place for formal gatherings, to meet the man in control of the Eiffel Tower, the Count. So he made a show of buttering up the five company representatives who all swallowed the story that the Eiffel Tower would have to be sold for scrap. Because it was kind of constantly in the news at the time that the Eiffel Tower was like rusty and shitty and constantly in needing of repair. And uh, he said, Because of engineering faults, costly repairs, and political problems I cannot discuss, the tearing down of the Eiffel Tower has become mandatory. And they all believed him. And the tower would be sold to the highest bidder, he announced. His audience was captivated because he was, you know, giving the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle. <laughs> and of course, this is a controversial purchase that required the utmost discretion. So in secret, and you shouldn't tell anyone, you should just give me the money right now and not consult anyone because we need to get this thing sold. Lustig picked out his victim, André Poisson. Uh, I don't know if that's right. Poisson. Poisson. A man with low self-esteem <laughs> who was anxious to make a name for himself in Paris. Sold! In a kind of like, just between you and me, I'll get you a special deal for you, my friend, kind of way. So, once he sold him the Eiffel Tower, he fucked off to Vienna immediately. And a few days later, Poisson faced the fraud. A man who buys the Elf Eiffel Tower yes. is compensating for something. I understand his yes. low self-esteem. yes. And sometimes I just feel the need to own Eiffel Towers and things too. <laughs> well, that's the penis envy speaking. It is. I just don't have one. So <laughs> a few days later, Poisson kind of turned up and was like, I own this. Everybody get out. It's mine. And he tried to dismantle it and everything. And they were like, uh, um, excuse me. Can you what? stop taking a path? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, so he was ridiculed mercilessly oh, throughout. I bet his penis wow. felt even smaller. <laughs> I made a drooping motion that I hope you heard. <laughs> 
Yeah, the telegraph and the telephone companies ridiculed him mercilessly when he asked when when the tower would be dismantled. <laughs> he was kind of like a laughing stock, but he was so embarrassed about this thing that he didn't want to draw more attention to it, so he didn't go to the police. Oh. Which is why a lot of these con men kind of You've been duped. You've been had. Someone's bested you. You're not going to go. Your fragile manhood in the 1920s <laughs> would be damaged. Lustig was like, well, no news is good news. So uh, maybe I can try again. <laughs> good. So he did it a second fucking time. Oh my he God. returned to Paris, did the exact same thing. He repeated the whole process of selling the Eiffel Tower. However, this new victim checked a little further into the offer afterwards, which is why these people want you to do it right now and don't look into it mm. and don't make any decisions, just give me the money. And then he found out that he was a fraud. This time the police were notified because <laughs> he bought it, indeed. But then he was like, wait a minute, yeah, you, you rascal. And so he went to the police about it. Um, but Lustig, again, had already fled back to America. So in America, Lustig returned to selling his money box. So he wasn't caught for this. He sold the Eiffel Tower, fucked off. Twice. It's fucked off. And he used as many as 47 different identities and managed to escape jail countless times. He's kind of a sexy man. He's kind of awesome. Yeah, he's handsome. He's debonair. He's got these disguises. He's got a scar. (laughs) We've decided he's got that cool mustache. (laughs) And he's outfoxing all the police because they've caught on to him by then. There was a thing that I was reading into about him actually like duping Al Capone, which I wanted to put in, but I just didn't have time. I'm sorry. I might do that in like a mini-sode or something like follow-up. Up. He sounds like such a cheeky boy. Yeah, he's a little rascal. <laughs> he's a ragamuffin roustabout. He uh, teamed up with former gangland forger William Watts, and Lustig and him created banknotes so flawless that they fooled even bank tellers. So he was selling his money box before to people, but this time he was like, maybe I could just actually cut out the middleman and just print <laughs> money, which he did. And um, he daringly chose to copy $100 bills. They were the ones that were most heavily scrutinized by bank mm. tellers because, you know, even now you hand someone over a 20 and they stare at it to make sure it's not fake. <laughs> I think that's just because we look suspicious, Jess. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and because my 20 bills are, you know, 20 scrawled in crayon on a piece of paper. <laughs> It's how I do my shopping. Yes. It's the only this way I can use money. And then you just hand it over. And it's got like money <laughs> written on it. But it's spelled wrong. So it's like M U N I. Money. This is my money. Please give me the. Please, I want some wine. I'm from Africa. I don't know how money works. So I'm a foreigner. Is this how I'm going to buy my citizenship? I'm just yeah. going to write like 4,000 money on a piece of paper. <laughs> I owe you. Or you just like, you say, but I'm already a citizen and you hand them a passport. Passport. Philippa is Brit. Or I'll just be like, "Um, can I just pay you back with the Houses of Parliament? Would you... Would you like that? May I interest you in the Blackpool Tower? (laughs) Or... The Scott Monument? The Liver Building from Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) It was feared that his flooding the American system with fake money would actually wobble the international confidence in the dollar because he made so much that it started to affect their economy. So his (laughs) counterfeit operation was so huge that it threatened to become a serious issue. So the the feds were really up and trying to find this guy, but he was still walking around with a trunk of disguises and transformed (laughs) easily into a rabbi, a priest, 
a bellhop or a porter or even a baggage man so who'd often like go into hotels and then dress up as a porter and like in a i wanted to be like in a sitcom way who would be like even an officer hello man get out of my way i'm looking for lustig and he's like i think he might have gone over there <laughs> and then that's a an active life though yeah i mean i i've been wearing the same clothes for the last four days and that's just me <laughs> can you imagine having all those disguises and having to switch from one to the other every yeah oh constantly on the run and again in the sitcom that i'm now making of his life where this is our pitch no one steal it that he like forgets you know in like a, um what's that terrible drag um old lady mrs Daffy. that's the one <laughs> Where he, like, forgets to put on a thing. You know that situation? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, but you know what we need to have? What? Here's the pitch. Yes. This is going to be Tell our me. money maker. Yeah, yeah. Our M-U-N-N-Y maker. Mm-hmm. Is that he is on the run yes. from the police for fraud. Yeah. And he's switching on all of his different disguises. But he also has a double date at the same yes. time. With two different women. <laughs> dressed as two different people. Oh, And my so he's, God. like, got to go through the night, like, avoiding the police in one outfit and then seeing this woman as a rabbi and seeing this woman as a Catholic priest yes. and all the scandal. <laughs> yes, this is our this new is show. We... This is going to be an, on our podcast network, which is the Money, <laughs> the money Network. Yes, do it. <laughs> all of his disguises even so the feds were closing in he um the lustig money scandal came to an end when his jealous girlfriend betrayed him is that the one where he fucked up the double date i think it is mm. both of them they got together but no that doesn't happen women hate each other <laughs> women mean they're they real blame us. each other yes. they not the man no, so no, no. no he, she was jealous that he didn't pick her yes exactly and so in an act of revenge he dobbed him in <sighs> He was finally caught in 1935 and sentenced to 20 years in Alcatraz. Oops. Did he break out in a disguise? I hope so. <laughs> Let's believe to. it. He, he And he's alive to this day. He's actually my grandfather. <laughs> and I love him. <laughs> Can't recognize him on any given day. But... No, I mean, who are you this time, Gramps? I don't know how long I've been talking. Probably a million hours. But I have one more. This man lived my personal dream he pretended to be a prince so hard <laughs> that they were like well i guess you can be the king then. <laughs> so that's what you've been trying to do yes if i do it hard enough someone will make me the fucking queen i see your plan yes so the pretender dimitri or false dimitri the first <laughs> That's a good name for a king. Yes. <laughs> False Dimitri. <laughs> Pseudo Dimitri. Um, he first became known to history in early 1600s when he appeared in Poland, declaring himself to be Dimitri, the youngest son of the deceased Ivan the Terrible. The real Dimitri had supposedly been assassinated as a boy, but the imposter claimed that no, he had in fact escaped his would-be murderers and he fled the country. So the alleged royal went on to charm the Russian people. He uh, turned up riding a wave of public support all the way to Moscow. So he was like, I'm the prince. Everyone was like, cool. I like it. Yay. 
I like the cut of your jib. Let's go. And they crowd surfed him there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, no, it's it a bit worse than that. He um, was aided by individual Lithuanian and Polish nobles, as well as the Jesuits. And he gathered an army of Cossacks and adventurers Ooh. and invaded Russia in the autumn <laughs> of 1602. His forces were in fact defeated, but everyone was like, that guy's fucking awesome. Look at all these goddamn Jesuits and Cossacks. He's cool. <laughs> and he attracted a lot of followers throughout southern Russia. So when Tsar Boris suddenly died, suddenly, as the <clears throat> Tsars are wont to do, in 1605, they were all like fresh out of Tsars. Actually, yeah, his uh, the Tsar's sons were murdered as well. They were like, funny how that happens. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They suddenly die and then, oops, oh, murder the sons. Oopsie. <laughs> they were like, well, uh, we don't have any Tsars left. We're fresh out. What do we do? Well, there's there's that guy. He's being <laughs> real. He's saying that he's a prince. So uh, fuck it. So they grabbed him and put him on the throne, and there he was. He actually became the Tsar. False Dimitri was crowned Tsar in July of 1605, and his rule was. Very short-lived. <laughs> yes. Turns out you can't just be like, I'm the Tsar! And everyone goes, okay, Yay. and just handles it. The pretender's policies were also too radical for Russia's elites <laughs> because he was kind of like pro-Poland and Russia was like, fuck that place. <laughs> so he was murdered Uh-oh. just like a year later. So he but he there. lived his dream. He got there! That's all <laughs> I want. Yeah, in May in 1606, Vasily Shusky murdered him and succeeded him as Tsar. So I think it became like the, you know, the thing where you kill the monster and then assume its powers. That's mm. what they did. They turned up and killed him and it's like, now I am Tsar! And everyone was like, yeah, fine, whatever. We don't give a fuck. Just take someone it. be Tsar, <laughs> alright? We don't give a shit. Many have since speculated that his real name might have been Grigory Otrepia. I always try and do a little bit of the accent and everyone makes fun of me for it but I'm, like, it. I'm not just mean like his name's Gregory fucking Gregory <laughs> very good that was I love you in Russian that wasn't me having a stroke ich liebe dich auch yeah but this has never been proven who he actually was oh, that's how I want to die yeah nobody knowing who I really was yes. but you were the queen for a while <laughs> I want to be Tsar. I'm going to change my name to Tsar when I get to become and, queen. And you'll be like, look, it's on my ID. <laughs> and Tsar. here's 5,000 money. Go away. <laughs> Make me queen. And chop, chop. You may have noticed that he was, um, as I said, the first false Dimitri the first. Did I say that? I meant to. Edit that in. <laughs> He was false Dimitri the first because he wasn't the only one to do this. There were a few oh. others. Two more pretenders emerged over the next decade, although never actually succeeded in getting the throne. They were just like, I am prince. And I was like, we've been here before. Fool me once, shame on you. I like Flim Flam Man. Flim Flam Man. I have so many more. My next part is going to be about Flim Flam Lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some real good ones in that one. I don't know any Flim Flam Ladies, so I'm looking forward to Mm-hmm. You should soon chat. Con ladies. Mm-hmm. Con artist. Con artists. Another pitch. Yes. Flim Flam Man. Yes. Meets Flim Flam Lady. And they flim flam together. And they have all these disguises and they never know who they are and they have to find each other around the world as they're selling like monuments. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but not terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and Angelina Jolie is in it, but. All you see is just her face because she's the most beautiful woman in the whole And there's world. one hideously comic moment when he, as a porter, 
makes out with the Catholic nun. And then he's like, Angelina, is that you? Is it? <laughs> They're just like waltzing around, kissing people, believing it's their, their yeah. intended. But then he marries someone that he believes to be her, but oh. it isn't. It's someone who was in love with him this whole time. And she was like, now is my chance. <gasps> Uh, it's a trilogy oh. now. It's a trilogy. This is too epic. We and need to hobbit this shit. We the jealous original lover tries to turn them in now and becomes mm. the enemy. Oh my god. Fucking Hollywood. Jesus. Just sign us up. We're making billions <laughs> of dollars right now as we're sitting here. We're just making money as we speak. Mm-hmm. Flim flammed. Have you ever been flim flammed? Have you ever been swindled? Have I ever been flim flammed? No, my partner protects me. That's good. From it. He's like, no, that's not science. And I'm like, don't kill my dream. He just, he protects me from all the flim flammers. That's good. That's very nice. (laughs) Have you ever been flim flammed? Not, not really much. In the very beginning days of the internet, in the 90s, this must have been maybe like early noughties actually, there was this thing called bonsai cats oh yeah yeah and i thought that was real and (laughs) they had like a um contact email and i was this teenager all like how could they do that to kitties and so emailed them we're like this is disgusting how dare you with all keyboard warrior on it and of course the email address didn't exist because it was a lie and it was i know little me just trying to protect the kitties whereas now the world is filled with you know the onion and the like (laughs) oops the Um, onion and the like and yeah we just don't believe anything we really yeah so no, nothing big. I've never been like duped out of money. Well, that's because we don't have money. Well, yeah. We can't say that we've lost $300,000 because that's coming in the future when our Netflix series comes out. That's right. After our huge success of our film, which we then turn into a series. Mm-hmm. Give us money to make our dreams real. <laughs> and you can do that at Patreon. <laughs> or just pass. Just give us money. Just, just give it to us. I was trying to think of what a funny pun name of the um, thing could be, but... Hmm. Flim Flam. Can we call it Flim Flam Dan, the Flim Flam Man? <laughs> oh. Who ran the Flim Flam scam? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Flim Flam Dan, the Flim Flam Man, with the Flim Flam Scan, and the Flim Flam Ham. Driving away in his Flim Flam Van. Oh! <laughs> of, okay, we're, we're good at pictures, not so much titles. No. That's, that's, that's for the lesser people. Yes, that's for you to decide. Let us know on Twitter what you think our film should be called. So, some things are nice sometimes. I have nice things. I can't believe this week I'm like, I have a thing. Oh, I've good. got many things. Yeah. I've started running. And I would never have dreamed that I would enjoy it. And by running, I mean jogging at a glacial pace while Strix walks to keep up with me. Yeah, I love, because I do that too, where you're jogging. You're making the motion of jogging, but yes. at the exact same pace as walking. And you're taking very tiny little steps. <laughs> so it's just a jauntier walk, basically, in sports gear. Yes. <laughs> I do that too. And I'm huffing and sweating, and Strix is just strolling at a leisurely pace <laughs> next to me. He's like browsing his phone, like, what do you want for dinner tonight? And you're like, death! I want death! <laughs> But it has been very good. We go jogging on the holy road. And mm. I've never believed in this whole endorphins thing. No, but it's true, isn't it? It, happens. it is. Yeah. I feel happier after it. Yeah. I mean, I've only, I've only done this for two weeks. Mm. But I've enjoyed it. And I believe that my 
bouncing cleavage has brightened other people's worlds just a little bit. Yeah, it's like I go jogging with Kiba and he it doesn't even break into a trot. He's still just <laughs> sort of walking fast next Trotting. to me. Yeah. And I whenever I go out in public with Kiba, he always brightens people's days. Aww. So I'm like I'm jogging with him. He's having a he's just having a normal time. I'm having a terrible time. <laughs> what other people see me struggling and like that's funny. And then like, oh my god, look at that cute dog. And so that's good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, Look I mean, at that tiny little gothically dressed person <laughs> walking their wolf. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I do wear black a lot. Black is stylish. I imagine you drop like jogging in your flapper gear. Yeah, it's actually a full on sort of like widow's gown with a veil <laughs> and also a cape. I don't disbelieve you. <laughs> I want to be a kind of like a banshee apparition <laughs> Wailing. that people see Such and I am shrieking as I go past. It means they're going to die. I would be yeah. so scared if somebody... <laughs> I'm jogging yes. and there's a little happy smiley face dog next like to me. Judging along. <laughs> Seven days! Yeah. <laughs> You know, in Scotland, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. If you join our Patreon tier, you get to buy the pyramids. This isn't a scam. If you give us £300, then we're going <laughs> to send you some kind of, I don't know, some sort of pills that will help you lose weight or gain weight. Something to do with weight. Do it. Grow a tail. Grow a tail. Get Whatever you tail. want. Get the body you want and be creative. Yeah. Just don't be confined to the human shape. You can get whatever you want with these magic pills. You want two noses? Have two noses. Yeah. If you want to just like have the kind of like periscope crab based eyes that are like on a <laughs> stalk, get it. The pills will do that for the low, low price. What did I say before? 600 pounds. <laughs> the low, low price of 600 pounds. I think pounds. you meant 900 pounds. <laughs> I misspoke. 600 pounds is just for the privilege of um, hearing about it. So you all owe us 600 pounds. 900 pounds also gets you the pills. Betty had just joined the Mildred tier. Yeah. $15,000. A month. What is that? What is that to you? It's nothing. Pennies. It's pennies. It's pennies. It's pennies. For having a squirrel tail or... Uh, like mole claws so you can like <laughs> dig through anything you want so that you can climb the pyramids which we will give you and yeah. you can solve the riddle yes I don't know what the riddle is but you'll solve you'll it you'll solve it though. it'll be you mm -hmm. Mildred Mildred uh, so follow <laughs> us on Twitter <laughs> which is at Awful Forever Pod it won't automatically charge your bank account 600 pounds not at all no but be sure to tweet us your long card number <laughs> <laughs> For the world to see. Don't DM us, just put it on there. It's a new thing. It makes it a race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well. I guess we'll just flim flam to the distance. <laughs> we'll flim flam ourselves off the horizon. <laughs> Into the flim flam van. To the flim flam van.